All right. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being on time. Thank you for persisting. Even though it's bad weather on the outside, it is good weather on the inside. Inside where? Inside my heart. Inside my heart, and hopefully in your heart as well. All right, we're going to get back into this book. We're going to continue. I'm telling you, I was just saying today, I thoroughly enjoy this book, A Guide to Effective and Powerful Prayer, Becoming, let me see, did I turn the speaker off? Speaker on, okay. Uh, uh, What is it? A Guide to Effective and Powerful Prayer, Becoming a Prayer Warrior by Elizabeth Ells. We are on page 165, A Christian Arsenal. I told you part two, it's coming, it is here. Um, I'm telling you, this is a very serious question that we're going to ask tonight. We're going to get into this. But um, when it starts breaking down about our arsenal, there are certain things I'm wondering, um, have you used them? You know about it. You you can quote it. You can say it. But have you used these uh, pieces of your arsenal? The Christian Arsenal, part two. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, and we bless your name. We honor you for being such an awesome God. We thank you, dear Lord, for being in our lives. Now we pray in the name of Jesus that you would have your way in the midst of our Bible study. Lord, lead us and guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We realize and recognize, God, if you don't show up, We're not going to remember. If you don't show up, we're not going to be inspired. But, Father, if you show up and if you direct and lead and guide us, oh, God, it is going to be embedded in our hearts, our minds, our spirits, that we will be able to go on and see what the end is going to be. We're going to be able to move in power and in conviction. We're going to be able to, God, see the miracles of God happen in our lives. We thank you, oh, God, for what you've already done. We thank you, oh, God, for what you're doing right now. Now we pray, oh, God, for our brothers and our sisters who are on this line. God, that we bind our prayers together in the power of agreement where you said one would put a 1,000 in flight, two would put 10,000 in flight. Will we bind our prayers together right now, oh, God, for the edification of the body of Christ here in our body Bible study that no one will go lacking tonight. No one will go without a word. No one will go without being strengthened in the name of Jesus, that we'll all move forward in the power of your word. We thank you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, the Christian Arsenal Part 2, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Watch this. This is what we get. Discipline yields fruits of righteousness. It tells us right there in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, discipline yields fruits of righteousness. You can read it for yourself. It says all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful, yet does yet to <clears throat> those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields what? Fruits of righteousness, peaceful fruit of righteousness. So what does discipline do? It yields fruits of righteousness. And, and, and as you know, we're, we're going to continuously, that righteousness comes in. When those three items that I give to you, 
righteousness is always there. Sometimes folks try to get the benefit of God, but they don't want to do it in a righteous way. They want to keep some wicked ways, and then they still want it. And, and, and let me tell you something. They desire it. They desire to see the benefits. Good God Almighty. They desire to see the benefits wholeheartedly. Their, their desire is genuine. With everything that's in them, they really desire to see the benefits of God. Check this out. They want to do it without being righteous, without walking in righteousness, without being clothed in righteousness. Watch this. Listen to what it says. When you discipline yourself, it yields the fruit of righteousness. And when it says peaceful fruit of righteousness, let me tell you something about peace. You don't get peace when you don't have victory. And in particularly, I'm going to say it over and over again, sustained victory. If you have fleeting victory, up and down victory, you got victory, you don't have victory. Victory, no victory. Victory, no victory. Listen, it's going to be hard for you to have peace. You get peace when you get sustained victory, where you see God showing up, showing up, showing up, showing up. Even in bad situations, you see God. And when you see God and experience God, you listen, then you can have peace. When you experience him and know it's him and know whether peace is here, I'm sorry, whether victory, victory is here right now or it's on the way, I still have peace. That's when you can have peace, when you have the assurance that guess what? It's coming. No, no, no. I may not have it right now. I may not have the victory right now, but guess what? I'm not worried. I'm not flustered. It's going to be all right. Why? Because I know it's on the way. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Watch this. Training the body. This is what it does. Training the body. When it, when it comes to boot camp, that's what it was. I was wondering, what is training the body what? When it comes to boot camp, it's training the body for combat, all right, when you go into boot camp. The physical body, and I heard somebody just came on. Let's see. All right, mute the lines, mute the lines, bam, amen. Listen, boot camp trains the body, the physical body, then becomes an extension of the soldier. So what happens, it trains the body, and then the physical body becomes an extension of the soldier. It says here, and, and thank, thank you, Holy Ghost, and let, let me catch that. I underline not only um, extension of the soldiers, of the soldiers, but the soldier's arsenal. So the physical body, you literally can use the physical body in combat when you're talking about the physical war. The Christian discipline disciplines themselves through prayer. Write it down. Number one, if you don't have a book, if you're in the book, you can number them. Number two, fasting and reading the word. And you're going to understand. You're going to see. It's going to be bore out to you very, very clearly. Listen, these three work together, and when you work them all together, sometimes you're praying, and sometimes you're incorporating the word, sometimes you're reading the word, Sometimes you are reading the word, but you're not praying. You may be praying. Sometimes you're fasting, but when you're fasting, watch this, sometimes you're not even praying. 
You might be fasting and your focus is on, I'm not going to eat, 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 ooh, I'm not going to eat. Wow, you know something? I went all day and I did not eat, but you didn't pray. You didn't focus in on anything. You didn't read your word. You didn't let the word, watch this, you didn't let the word come out of your mouth. You didn't let the word ruminate in your mind while you were fasting. Your focus was completing the fast and not, watch this, not focusing on being hungry. So you focus on, I'm all right, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm still good. Wow, I'm good. I'm good. I didn't need to eat. I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat lunch. Wow, I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I didn't eat. I, wow, and I'm good. I'm really good. I'm okay. I am okay. You get up the next morning, wow, you know what? This is my second day. You get to the third day. I'm still fasting. I have not nothing but water. Wow, I am good. But you took all of that time, and your focus was not eating. Let me tell you something. When we get into this, you're going to see that there's got to be an engagement in the spiritual war. You have got, listen, you want to activate. It doesn't, I'm saying it's got to be. It's got to be. But watch this. For you, it may not, you don't put a, thank you, Holy Ghost. You don't put a priority on coupling prayer with fasting. So when you fast, you're fasting. When you pray, you're praying, but you're not coupling the two together to make the greater impact. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Prayer, fasting, reading of the word, their, their lives become a part of God's spiritual army. Watch this. On earth in which the body can which the body can be used to, watch this, demolish spiritual barriers and set the captives free. Now, all of that, all of that, I'm, I, all of it's highlighted. And that's why parts of this book, is uh, the whole paragraph, just highlight the whole paragraph. Why? Because it's, it's good information or it's a great example for it to be embedded into our spirit, man, so you'll start to know when it comes to the physical world, you look at going through boot camp and the soldier's body become an extension of the arsenal for the soldier in the spiritual prayer, fasting, and the word. Now, this is the spiritual armory on earth in which your body can be used to demolish. Watch this. You've got to have this understanding. When I'm praying, let me tell you something. Demons have got to flee. Demons start asking, why are you here? What are you doing? Are you trying to kick us out? This is what you see when Jesus walked up on the scene and demons were present. This is what happens when the believer disciplines himself in fasting and praying. That's page 165. Flip over to 166. Top of the page, what do we see? Fasting, our cutting edge. Fasting, our cutting edge. Now listen to this. When you couple fasting and with prayer, your prayer transcends earthly understanding and brings about supernatural breakthrough, D-Y-B-I. No, 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 I think it's worth it. One more time. When you couple fasting and prayer, 
Your prayer transcends earthly understanding and brings about supernatural breakthrough. Listen, sometimes you start talking about fasting, and the first thing people start doing is talking about why they can't fast, what they're not going to fast. Listen, what you want to do is do the ultimate in which you can do in order to, again, discipline yourself and sacrifice as unto the Lord. Immediately, what you're doing, let me see what I can do. Now, watch this. The enemy is going to whisper immediately, nope, you can't fast. You know you got this, you got that, you got this. You know this and this. Uh Uh-uh. What can I do? Lord, oh, my God, we're going to fast? Well, I want to be able to participate. Fasting is more than just abstaining from food. We talked about it. It is an act of self-denial for a higher purpose. Watch this. When you're fasting, listen to this, you've got to check your motives and your heart. When it comes to your heart, what did I say? When you look at your heart, look at the Bible, when you start to understand, that's your deep thought. It's not the muscle. It's those thoughts that you allow to be a part of the foundational filter. I'm going to call it a filter. The foundational filter. So when it comes to your deep thoughts, this filter is how when you hear certain things, you say, I don't have a heart for that. Oh, man, that's my heart right there. This particular topic, that's my heart. That's the filter that I say, those kind of things right there, I filter over and over and over again in my mind that when that happens, guess what? I'm, I'm going to be engaged. When this happens, I'm going to be engaged. When that happens, watch this, it's going to get to me because that really gets under my skin. And and in a sense, it makes me angry. I'm going to move. That's that filter. That's those deep thoughts. It's not the muscle. It's not the, the, uh, the organ that's pumping blood through your body when it says, watch this, check your motives and check out, watch what it calls it, your heart attitude. Your heart attitudes with the Lord before determining determines the fast. Before you determine the fast, check out that attitude. Now watch this. Again, I'm saying as a body and as an individual, those three things you've got to have at your core, you've got to have them as a part of your filter. That will be done. Obedience, obey, obedience, obey. When you hear God, you, you, you follow. When you hear the word, you know the word. You, it's, it's not no contemplation. You're not, well, let me think about that. Let me see if I really understand it. When you know you understand, listen, obey. Obey the voice. When you know it's his voice, obey. And then the third piece is righteousness, and we just got finished talking about it. What was the, what was the book in chapter 12, 11 of Hebrews? What is it? It's a discipline. It yields fruits of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. It's got to be a part of the foundation. You, I don't know. Let me ask you the question. Is it, do you really want to see God move when you pray? Do you really want to see God move? When you pray, God moves. Then, again, you've got to have this as a foundation of your filter. That will be done so you trust God. There's certain things you're not even going to ask why because it don't line up with his word. If you want his will to be done, you're studying his word to show yourself approved. Why? Unto God. 
that you won't be ashamed. Listen, it's going to make you ashamed. It's going to make you frustrated. It's going to make you aggravated. It's going to really get you upset that you're praying all these prayers and that didn't come. Listen, write it down. Write what your prayer is and write what the results was. That person died. That person died. You never got that job. You never got that that car. You never married that person. That prayer didn't work. That prayer didn't work. That prayer didn't work. And you prayed as hard as you wanted to. Why? Because there's a great possibility at the foundation of your filter, at the foundation of your heart, at the foundation of your what? Your deep thoughts, something that you go over and over and over again in your mind, you do not have. Lord, it's your will. God, I'm seeking you. Matter of fact, I'm not even asking. That's why in the Lord's Prayer it says, on in earth as it is in heaven. That's why it says what you bind here in earth is already bound in heaven. Why? Because I got the word to bind it here on earth. I got it from heaven. Come on, it all makes sense now. If you've been following us, you know you're not binding first here, and then it's going to be bound in heaven. You're binding what you heard from heaven. Thank you, God. So I'm not asking. That's why your prayers are going to be answered. Why? Because you're in tune. Number two, I obey. Number three, I'm walking in righteousness. I'm clothed in the righteousness. All right? And then that thing is all wrapped in faith. It's like a fajita. You got all that good ingredients, but it's wrapped up in the dough. I've gone to the restaurant, ordered a fajita. I think it's called a fajita. I ordered the fajita, and, and, and then I'm eating the ingredients, and the fajita is still wrapped up in the aluminum foil. I'm just eating the ingredients. In this aspect, guess what? You've got to have this whole thing wrapped in faith. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting that the voice, good God Almighty, I'm trusting that the voice that I'm hearing is God. I'm trusting that God's will is being done because he's speaking through me. I know it's not me because, watch this, I've already processed this thing, and the way that God is telling me, it doesn't make sense. And I realize and recognize why, because something in the core of who I am is identifying that, guess what, that's not me, that's God. That's when you really start, listen, it's not a question, you do something, and then all of a sudden you you asking the question, wow, is that God? No, 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 you still got some fine-tuning to do with your ears. You got some fine-tuning to do with your spirit, man, because you're still baffled whether it's God or not. You want to get to the place in your spiritual life where when God speaks, you know who it is. That's why step number two is obey at the foundation of who you are, at the core, at your, at your, your very resolve is based on this this concept that will be done obey god righteousness clothed in righteousness wrapped in good god almighty clothed in righteousness wrapped in faith keep it moving thank you holy ghost check your motives check your heart attitude and you're checking it with the lord before you determine the fast not just arbitrarily fasting in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 16 through 18, it talks about how you fast, all right? Not gloom and doom, not walking around with your face all sad, not trying, not trying to make people feel sorry for you that, that you're fasting, that you're going through denying yourself. Because there is a reward from people when they see you fasting and then they start to go, wow. And they kind of give you kudos because why? They know this is the, 
the seventh day of your fast, your 21-day fast, and, and wow, you're looking really, really solemn. The Bible says, anoint thyself. Don't look. Listen, it says, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed. See, you, you will defeat the whole purpose. You went through the entire fast. You went through, um, you were actually praying while you were fasting, but because you appeared to be fasting to other people and you got credit from them, you got kudos from them, you got pats on the back from them, you just defeated your purpose of fasting. It says, wash, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your father, who is where? In secret. And your father, who sees what is done in secret, will do what? Good God Almighty. It's a reward. You better understand, fasting has a reward. Some of the things that you get, you got to understand, there's a great possibility that there was a seed of, of, of obedience. There was a seed of discipline. There was a seed of during your fasting and your prayer time, that this that you just received, that you don't know where it came from, guess what? It was a reward for something you did while fasting. The Bible says there's a reward. He's going to reward you openly. Sometimes I believe when it's according to his will, guess what? You're going to be rewarded with what you ask for. Notice Jesus did not say, if you fast, he said, when you fast. Thank you, Holy Ghost. What is fasting? It is a voluntary, deliberate absence from food for the purpose of what? Concentrated prayer. You're not all over the place. When you fast, guess what? you got to focus. When you fast, let me tell you something. I do it at church often. I do the double thrust. Both fists. I know punching somebody, punching somebody with one fist, but, but sometimes I, I do the double thrust. Like I'm taking the power of both fists, and boom, I'm hitting that enemy. If you've got a, a, a family member and they're going through something, guess what? It's time to fast. See, that was the question I was talking about because we've heard about it, but here's the question. How many times have you really gone through something that was really, really bothering you? I'm talking is getting to you, to your core. How many times have you fasted for that particular thing? Have you ever? See, this is why I'm talking often about wayside soil, stony soil, thorny soil, and good soil. That, that, that analysis that, that Jesus has in the Bible about the seed, the word of God, falling into wayside soil and the enemy snatching it away, stony grounds where you, have, you don't have deepness of soil, and, and you receive it when you're all happy, and, and then the cares of this world, because you not, I'm sorry, because you don't have deepness of soil, watch this. It, it's just washed away. You're not grounded. Then the thorny soil, the cares of this world, starts to choke it out. It's a good soil situation. Sometimes, let me tell you something. Our prayer should be, Father, let our hearts be good soil. 
where, again, when the word comes in, you heard about fasting, but, again, did it sink into the point where you bore fruit and where you're being obedient to the word of God? I told you sometimes it's the voice of God, sometimes it's the word of God, when you know that some of this only goes out by fasting and praying, and guess what? You didn't fast and pray. But this is your family member that needs prayer. This is your marriage that needs prayer. But you never fasted. It says some of these demons, they're not going to leave. Good God Almighty. Keep it moving. Thank you, Lord. That was Matthew chapter 6, 16 to 18. Uh, We went down. He said it's for concentrated prayer. Jesus dealt with our what? Motives for fasting and said we should never fast to impress others. And sometimes that's what we're doing. Sometimes you can tell when certain people talk about fasting, it's not to instruct, it's not giving you, it's not to edify you. It's not giving you instructions or how, no, 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 they're kind of gloating. You, you can watch a person, you old enough, you didn't heard it, you know when a person is gloating about their fast. It honestly, you've got to be careful with the motives, and you've got to be careful when you're communicating. Uh, in, in the household, husband and wife, guess what? The husband and wife, they're going to know when each other fast. And why? Because uh, I'm not eating tonight. Why are you not eating? Uh, I'm not hungry. No, I'm hungry. Oh, I may not be hungry, but I'm focusing. However, between you and your coworker, they may not need to know you got to have that relationship with God. In the Word of God, it says, it says, um, Luke chapter four. Let's go there. And I learned something new. I don't know if I told y'all about this before, but it looks like it, if I did, I forgot about it. And now I did it again tonight. I put in Luke in in the Bible Gateway. Luke chapter four, colon. 1 through 2, and I don't have to do it here. I did this one before I know. Put a comma and then put verse 14. So now the only thing that's going to pop up on my screen, Luke chapter 4, 1 through 2, then it goes down, breaks the screen, and shows Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Just those three verses, that's a a discipline of mine, helps me not to get caught up in other verses so I can keep it moving. Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 2, says, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and led by the what? The Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he, when when they were ended, he afterward hungered. All right? 40 days, folks. Now, again, here's another question. Sometimes we say we want to be like Jesus. Have it, has it ever come to your mind, you know what, I'm going to fast for 40 days. No, 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 I'm going to talk to the Lord about it, when I'm supposed to start it, when, I'm, when it's going to end. It's all going to be timely in, in the line of, of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. But I'm going to fast 40 days. Why? I'm trying to be like Jesus. Has it ever come to you when you're really trying to be a Christian and you study Jesus and you see what Jesus, when his ministry was just getting ready to start, and guess what? Fasted 40 days. 
understanding what was going to happen, he fasted 40 days. There's, it's just questions. Has it ever come to you because you're trying to, you really want to be like Jesus? You really say you love him. You really say you love God, and you know how God felt about Jesus, so wouldn't you want to do everything that Jesus did? But somehow that never, I don't know, I'm just asking, did it cross your mind? All right? Jump up to the top of page uh, 167. New Testament, as a means of gaining direction, from the Holy Spirit when it comes to fasting, giving clarity. So what do we do? Direction. Now, again, what you're going to see, just as I talked about that will be done, you're going to see over and over again that this concept of that will be done, obey, righteousness, wrapped in faith, you're going to see that it's going to come up over and over and over again. At your core, you've got to have this. So here, you're looking for direction from the Holy Spirit. It's going to give clarity. So we talk about constantly tuning your ear to the voice of God, giving clarity of mind and what? Spirit. Clarity of mind and spirit. Turn with me. Acts, Acts chapter 13, verse number, uh, where are we? Up here. Acts 13, colon, 1-3. All right, here we go. Now, watch this. I thought this was so powerful. The Holy Spirit, verse number 2, it says, and, and they minister to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul. Now, again, you read scripture, wayside soil, stony soil, thorny soil, good soil. The Holy Ghost said, I remember the separation of, of uh, Saul. What does he say? Uh, Saul, Barnabas and Saul. I remember that. But when it came to the Holy Ghost, see, this is what happens. You're going to start to get this unction of the Holy Spirit when you fast and you're, again, honing your ear in. See, here we go. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When it comes to you putting your hand, thank you, Holy Ghost. You take your hand and you put it on the radio dial and you move it, good God Almighty, to the right, to the left. And you listen for the clarity, God Almighty. You listen for the clarity of the announcer or the song. Whatever is playing, somebody speaking, you're listening for that voice. And you're really listening good. Sometimes you'll even turn your ear to the radio, your good ear. And then you turn it, and you're moving it very so carefully to listen for the clearest sound you can get. I've been using this example for I don't know how long, but guess what? What is the mechanism that you're tuning when it comes to you listening for the voice of the Holy Ghost? Watch this. Fasting 
and praying. See, when it comes to the fine-tuning of your spiritual ear, thank you, God, it's fasting. The fine-tuning of your spiritual ear that you can really hear clear. Listen, sometimes you will not be able to hear until you fast. It, the the hand on the knob is your prayer. The fine tuning, when it really gets down to that last little fraction of an inch this way or that way, left or right, that's your fasting. When you when you know you've been trying to hear, know you've been trying to hear, know you've been trying to hear, and it's still confusion. Listen, you're gonna have to fast. When it comes to you tuning your ear, you're going to pray. When it comes to fine-tuning, you're going to have to fast. Sometimes, thank you, Holy Ghost, sometimes you may have to ask somebody to pray with you because, listen, uh, Jesus said, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion. I'm many. When you find out I've prayed, I've fasted, and it's still not going, one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. You need help. And whether you want to admit it or not, you're under some type of possession. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're in some type of chains and shackles. And this thing is not leaving. And you need to get set. I mean, if you really want to be set free. And I'm telling you, what went on in church on Sunday, I'm telling you, I've never, I haven't been the same. I've been impacted by the Spirit of God in a very powerful way, and it happened at another level on Sunday. Yes, I remember freedoms in different areas, things that I don't wrestle with anymore, but there was a breakthrough in my life on Sunday like never before. I didn't need, listen, it, it, no one needed to tell me it happened to me and me and my spirit. Man, I couldn't keep, I couldn't stop talking about it. Something happened in that place on Sunday. Thank you, God. You got to be able to identify, are you still bound in areas? And, 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 and what do you want to give credit to? You're going to give credit to you being bound in that area to the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost got me bound. No, 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 no. The Holy Ghost don't bind you up in areas of, good God Almighty, of righteousness. The enemy binds you up. The enemy has you in chains. The enemy has yokes in your life that need to be destroyed. So once you get real, see, again, uh, most folks don't want to sit down on the psychologist's uh, psychiatrist's couch and, and tell them that I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm borderline cuckoo. No, I've got some areas in my life that, that are not godly and they persist. Okay, so you've got shackles and chains and yokes in your life that you're playing games with that you don't want to call out. And then when you do call them out, watch this. The doctor said, this is the medicine. Watch this. And I'm going to be real good with this one. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm not real good with it. The Holy Ghost real good with it because it's coming hot off the presses. Listen, it's an all-natural medicine. It's not no man-made synthetics and chemicals. This is a natural medicine that the doctor said that if you want this particular disease, sickness, or whatever it is to leave your body, this is all natural. You should take this. Here it is. You know what you should do, but you ain't doing it. 
so you admit that there is something going on in your life, and, 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 and in order to get it out of your life, the Bible says that there are some antidotes that you can use, and it's not synthetic. It's not man-made. It's by God himself. He is the great physician, and guess what he prescribed to you? He said, fasting and praying, seeking my faith, getting into my word even the more calling that thing out and saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Then he said that if the demons, listen, that if the demons don't leave, it could be that two of you need to get together. You've got to be open and honest, confessing to one another and saying, i got to get rid of this thing. I Listen, I want it gone. And then, as we did in the old church, you sit there as as on the mourner's bench, and you do not let this thing go. You grab it by the neck, and you don't let it go. I'm not going anywhere until I get free. And I'm telling you, that's what happened to me on Sunday. It's just a whispering. It's a whispering. It's a nagging, and you get used to it, and you just learn to live with it. It's like, it's like a rock in your shoe. And the next thing you know, you never, it's, uh, no, 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 not just a rock. It's just a shoe that, that you like the style of the shoe, and, and you, you just keep walking in that shoe, even though the shoe is worn out. You know it's not good to walk in a shoe with a slanted heel because you're, you're, it's going to put pressure, especially if that slant is really bad. You, have you ever seen somebody walking in a shoe, and the shoe is, I'm talking at an angle. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say a 90, but maybe a 45. 90 is, I think, 90, 45, maybe a 45-degree angle. Slant, you see them both. It's not good for your ankles. It's not good for your joints. It's not good for your leg, period. But guess what? They still wear those shoes every day. They've been wearing them same shoes for two years. Heel slanted. Everybody knows it. Guess what? When they put on a regular shoe, their legs feel different. Their joints feel different. Why? Because... You're comp- good God Almighty, thank you, Lord. You're compensating. Your whole body is compensating for that slanted heel. Your joints and your hips and everything. When you put on a regular heel, now guess what? It's totally different for you. You can't keep walking in the spirit with these infirmities because what you'll do, you'll start to compensate. For your infirmity, you'll start to compensate for this chain, this yoke in your life, this bondage in your life. And you'll start to adjust and try to make people accept this bondage, this chain, this yoke. Listen, you've got to get to the place where you say, I want to be free, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get free. And God has already given us the antidote. It goes out. He says, some of this stuff, we tried to cast these demons out, and these demons didn't leave. Jesus, what's going on? He says, some of them don't leave unless you fast. Some of them don't leave unless you couple your prayer with fasting. The Bible clearly says that one can put a thousand to flight. When you realize and recognize that this thing is not leaving, then you've got to get to the place where, where you, you go, you know what, if it won't leave, I'm putting it out. I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm put, no, no, no. It's got to go. The key is, are you open and honest enough to talk about the possession? 
Okay. Thank you, God. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Thank you, God. Top of page uh, 67, we said what? You're going to get direction from the Holy Spirit. What? You're going to get clarity of mind. What? You're going to get clarity of spirit. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 3. Let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost will speak. That's what it's talking about. The Holy Ghost said, hey, it's time for us to do something. And, and what we're going to do, uh, this coming hot from heaven, it says uh, separate Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Who is that? God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they had what? Fasted and prayed and what? Laid their hands on them. They sent them away. God, I just want to know. I just want to know. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Fast and pray. It's in the word of God. He said, take this natural medicine, the doctor, take this natural medicine, it's going to heal you. It's going to make you better. God is saying, this, he, you call him the great the physician, ain't no doctor like my doctor. He a doctor, he, he's a doctor in the sick room. Well, he's a doctor in the spiritual room too. And if you really want to know what he, listen, it's time to fast and pray and listen for the Holy Ghost. If, watch this. If he doesn't tell you anything, hey, live, laugh, and love. He told you that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Thank you, God. Keep it moving. Um, watch this. What is accomplished by fasting? Probably more than you will ever know until you get to heaven. Isaiah chapter 58 and 6. We're going to look at it in the Amplified. Isaiah, what did I say? 58 and 6. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Watch this. It says, is not this the fast? No, no, no. I'm supposed to read it in the Amplified. Rather, is this not the fast which I chose to undo the bonds of wickedness, to tear to pieces, thank you, God, the ropes of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break apart every enslaving yoke. God, my God. Hold on. I'm going to look at my King James Bible real quick. You can flip there in yours, too. If you're not in the physical body, Isaiah 58. I know that's a powerful chapter anyway. But I got to check it out. Isaiah, nope, go back here. Okay. And then go to 58. I just got to see it. Isaiah 58, 55, 57, 58. Oh, my goodness. What? And 6. And it is not. Wow. Hold on, y'all. You may want to go to your Bible, too. Fast that I have chosen. And then I'm going to highlight this part in green. Watch this. This is what it's supposed to do. Loose the bands of the wicked. Undo the heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free. And then to break every yoke. I don't, it wasn't highlighted in my Bible. Matter of fact, I ain't got, the only thing I got highlighted is verse number 14. I'm trying to tell you this thing is real. The, 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 the wayside soil, the stony soil, the thorny soil, you heard it, but guess what? It didn't sink in. It, it was snatched away. 
I done read it before, but guess what? It didn't penetrate to my core. It didn't become a part of my heart, my deep thoughts. It didn't become a part of the foundation of who I am. So, again, when it comes to you, good God Almighty, when it comes to you hearing the word, help me, God, and obeying the word. See, if you don't have that made up in your foundation, when I hear it, that's God speaking. See, when Daddy says something, you're not playing around. I don't know how the discipline worked in your family. Sometimes people had, um, um, and I, I and I had that kind of respect for both of my parents because um, both of them uh, carried a very swift belt. So when it came to uh, some people's household. Mama had to tell you three and four times, five and six times, seven and eight times, and, and you wouldn't do it. Daddy only had to tell you once. When Daddy told you, you did it. My household, you better do it when Mama says do it. Mama may be a little lenient, um, but we knew Daddy better not only had to tell you once. Mama, if she was being lenient, you just thank God you caught her on a good day, and she, she didn't mind telling you two and three times. But you knew you better handle that business because both of them carried a very swift belt. When it comes to you obeying God, you've got to understand, some of us don't have the respect for God as if God is a um, poor parent when it comes to child rearing. Thank you, Holy Ghost. No, no, no. A parent that is giving you all of this opportunity, all of this role. No, no, no. You're giving that child way too much. Good God Almighty. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You're giving that child way too much rope. You're teaching that child to be disobedient. God is not teaching us to be disobedient. And let me tell you something. Thank God for him letting us be able to hear the word and him, good God Almighty, him understanding that that word did not sink in and I'm not holding them, I'm not holding them, I don't want to say just, I'm not holding them, I'm not requiring it of them is what I'm trying to say. I'm not requiring them to be obedient to that particular word because I realize I watched the enemy snatch that word away when it was sowed. I watched the cares of this world choke that word out of them. I've watched them, watch this, because they're not deep. The way they received that word was not the way that I want them. I, I know that it did not penetrate to the deeper level. That's why I'm saying when it comes to your heart, that's your deep thoughts. When it comes to your heart, that's what you set up as your core resolve. It is the filter in which you live by. So now, listen, it's, this is not just slipping away. This word is being sown into, good God Almighty, into the very fabric of who you are. Now you make decisions based on sound doctrine, good God Almighty. Wow, God. No, 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 no. For some folks, and, and, and it's not my prayer. It's my prayer that you get it. It's not my prayer that you won't get it. Some folks, even tonight, if your spirit man is not right, listen, somebody else is saying, oh, my God, thank you, God. Ooh, teach, Pastor. Oh, my God. They're convicted. Somebody is, watch this, somebody could be wiping tears out of their eyes because they're being convicted, not by me, not by my much speaking, not by my eloquent uh, talk or my vocabulary. No, no, no. They're being convicted by the Holy Spirit, and their life is being changed even as the Holy Spirit teaches them now. But then there's somebody else that's sitting on the call, and guess what? You're not getting, any, you're not getting anything from it. You 
not getting why because even as I speak, it's falling on wayside soil and it's not even penetrating to the to the any part. Let's say the deepness, the deep parts of it. No, no, no. You're not getting it when it comes to this scripture right here. Listen. Uh, Isaiah 58 and 6, you've got to know that you've heard it, you've read it, you know about it, and you have not done it. All right. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Isaiah 58 and 6. Come on, flip over. Isaiah 58 and 6. Um, We're looking at the, we're looking at the, um, hallelujah, really? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. He is so good. I'm telling you. And do you know what? At times you will start to do. You will be encouraged when, when distractions come and you're doing God's work and folks know that you're doing God's work and distractions come. They don't realize as Jesus had to say to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, because I recognize I'm not talking to my friend Peter. Jesus and Peter was close. Peter was uh, Jesus' man. He, he, they, were on the, they were homies. But sometimes you've got to realize folks close to you that know the Lord will still be a part, good God Almighty, they'll still be a part of the distraction to try to keep you, watch this, not them, they are a part. They are a vessel, and, and the vessel is supposed to be used for the kingdom of God and for righteousness' sake. The enemy will use them in the midst of you doing God's will to distract you. You got to recognize, this not my friend, that's the devil. You got to recognize, you don't direct the attack. To them, you you got to follow Jesus and direct it towards the enemy. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now watch this. Um, we're going to get through as many as we can. Uh, uh, if you go down to the bullets, I've already numbered them one through five on page 168. We're going to the what? The reasons for fasting. All right? The reasons for fasting. Sometimes, again, your reason might be wrong. Acts chapter 10, verse 30 and 31. What does it say? Strengthens and implements. Strengthens, write it down, implements prayer. So when you're fasting, listen, your focus your focus is on, I'm, listen, I, when I go into it, I know what's getting ready to happen. No, no, no. It is time to put the sword to the neck of the enemy. A demon's head is going to fly. Demons are going to be expelled. I'm strengthened. Acts chapter 10. Come on, I got to go there. Okay, here. Off. What did I say? What did I say, Acts? Oh, because I didn't jump. Lord, have mercy. Help me, Lord. I'm talking about reasons for fasting. I jumped down to benefits for fasting. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
I jumped down to benefits and pulling up Acts chapter. No, 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 no. I moved. Thank you, God. Moving so fast. Reasons for fasting. Number one, Jesus sets an example by spending 40 days fasting. Jesus sets an example. Number one, we already read the scripture affiliated with that. Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. Again, 40-day fasting by Jesus in the desert. Number two, that was number one, uh, Matthew 4 and 2, and then Luke 4 and 2, same kind of concept, same kind of scripture. Number two, reason for fasting. As a free will offering to the Father. Watch this. It's pleasing. It pleases him. What are you doing? Acts chapter 14, 23. Listen, sometimes when you fast, I, no, I, that's, that will be done. I, I don't have anything to do with this fast. It's all about you, Father. You've been so good to me. I thank you for what you did in my life on Sunday. I don't even know the whole dynamic of what happened. I know that there was a mindset that I had that was snatched away from me being overly concerned about certain things that I was not concerned about anymore. I, the only thing I could identify with at that time was that particular area. But now as days go on, I'm seeing, guess what? There are some other things that are gone that used to be there, at, watch this, as a nuisance to me. I just learned, like the man with the slanted shoes, good God Almighty, I just learned to deal with it. I'm o- Listen, I'm okay with it. I'm not all bent out of shape. I just deal with that annoying reminder of things that's really not that important that really doesn't have anything to do with the move of God but it's just an annoyance and I've just gotten used to dealing with it and I deal with it every day as Sunday it was taken from me it was like a thorn in my flesh and God did good God Almighty God did not say my grace is sufficient he said it's gone I'm trying to tell you that you can be you can be in a place where you're used to, and, and you are accommodating for the slanted shoe kind of living. I'm, I'm, you know what? I may have to post that. I may have to post that. Y'all go on the on the Mount Eden Facebook page, and and I may have to post that. To, and you can you can Google it yourself. The effects of walking in uh, um, slanted heels. Badly, bad shoes, the effects that it can have on you, how your body takes on the blunt of it. it I'm, I'm telling you, it's worth us going through all of this in the conversation when it comes to the spiritual impact of what you've gotten used to doing. And when you get free, I'm telling you, it's going to be all everything to you. Number two, it's about the God, I thank you for what happened. Oh, my fast, I'm not eating. All I'm doing is I'm just, I'm, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I dealt with that for so long, and it's gone. It's just like I couldn't stop talking about the water that was coming in the basement, and the water doesn't come. No mildew smell, no sickness in the house, people walking around with sickness or something like that, sores or anything like that. No, it's gone. This, 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 this yoke, this annoyance, this bugging, this mindset, it's gone. And when you recognize it's gone, sometimes, number two, as a free will offering, you fast, you gave up food, and you say, God, I just thank you. 
I thank you, as an offering unto the Lord. That's when you really love him. When you say, you know something, at the core of who I am, I want to sacrifice as unto the Lord. Acts chapter 14, verse number 23, it says, And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed and what fasted, they commanded, commended, sorry, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. So they, 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 they would ordain them, and then they prayed and fast as unto the Lord. Watch this. It produces spiritual and physical discipline. Now, we're going to go through that one again, and I'm going to start shutting down. Uh, God willing, let me look, August, what is this, the 21st, the 28th? August the 28th, 828, Romans 828, the first thing coming to my mind, Romans 828. August 828, we're going to pick up right there. Watch this, spiritual and physical discipline. And many times uh, as we close out Bible study uh, on last week, we're going to close it out again. There's a discipline that you need, and many times you are undisciplined, and guess what? You're not going to have spiritual strength. So it is in the physical, so it is in the spiritual. If you want physical strength, there's got to be a discipline in your life in order for you to work out, in order for you to stretch, in order for you to get your walking in or your running in, your bicycling in, your lifting weights in, for you to be physically strong. In order for you to be spiritually strong, there has to be discipline in your life. And if there's no discipline in your life, you're going to find out that you're spiritually weak. And then you're going to make compensation. You're going to start to accommodate yourself for those spiritual weakness. You'll start to act out and try to act spiritual. You'll say things that other spiritual people say, trying to be spiritual, but you realize that there is no spiritual strength. The enemy is beating you up and wreaking havoc in your life, and you're not able to beat them up, so you'd rather fake it than to go through the disciplines that you need in order to, watch this, in order to evict them. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In order to evict them out of your life. Listen, you got to get to the place where you say, you know what, I am not satisfied with it. No, 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 I am still not satisfied. The enemy thinks, watch this, the enemy thinks that I am going to be in this defeated life until I die. Well, the devil is a liar. I am not going to be in this defeated way of living. I am going to, this enemy, this demon is going to leave. This presence is going to leave. I am not going to be satisfied until I'm pristine in the Lord. I am pristine. I'm talking crystal clear. Every now and then, I get to take the dishes out of the uh, dishwasher. I'll take the dishes out. When I take the dishes out of the dishwasher, I like to put them up to the light and to see, is there any water stains? Is there any dirt still remaining? Is there anything, food particles? I want to make sure that it's crystal clear. I don't want to put it away in a cabinet and it's got some type of imperfection, some type of dirt, some type of grind, some type of smudge, some type of, I want it clean. That's how you've got to be in your life, that there is nothing. I don't want anything stopping, that the pure power of God might flow through me. When I speak, I want them to, watch this, I don't want them to hear me. I want them to know that it's coming straight from the throne of God. So I am asking God, move it, God, in the name of Jesus. Get rid of everything. No, God, I'm, listen, Father, I'm not satisfied. I still, watch this, there's still the indication that there's something not right. 
I'm not going to rest until it's all gone. No, no, no. I'm, when I'm God, every last little rub me, God. Rub me. When I say rub me, because some of the stuff, like, and, and I told you about this, the countertop in my kitchen is made out of granite. And, well, it has a granite pattern to it. So the granite pattern, you can't see crumbs. You can't see scum. You can't see little bumps and stuff that's on it, stuff that's stuck on there, and it's clear. But when you rub your hand on it, then you can feel any imperfection, any little bump, any little food particle. You can feel it. And I'm asking God, rub me. Find that thing. Know that thing that's in me that's not right and get rid of it like you did on Sunday. In the name of Jesus, I want to be free in the Holy Ghost. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if you really want to be free. I want to be free, and you can't be sad. If you're satisfied, you keep, you keep walking in them shoes if you want to. I'm not walking in them slanted shoes no more. That's got to be your prayer. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not walking in them slanted shoes. I'm throwing them, see, some folks, those are, that's their favorite shoes. Those are my work shoes. So you keep walking in them. And I'm trying to tell you, you're hurting yourself. By walking in that slanted, good God Almighty, that slanted spiritual walk, that watch this, that slanted spiritual living, you can't be satisfied with it. It's got to go. And if you're listen, and if you're satisfied with it, you're not going to see the miracle signs and wonder. If you're satisfied with it, you're not going to see the power in prayer. Watch this. I'm gonna end with this. There's got to be, that will be done at your core. Obey. It's obedience to God's word and to God's voice. Wrapped in righteousness. It's his way. Righteousness, good God Almighty, it's his way. And you've got to believe it. Wrap it in faith. God's going to get the victory. He's not getting the victory out of my life right now. He's going to get total victory. The enemy is going to be impacted by the Spirit of God being used through me. He's not getting it right now. You can't be satisfied. If you're satisfied, then you go on walking that slanted spiritual walk that you got. I want to be straight up used by the, by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. God willing, talk to you next week, 828.